Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Amazing Grace because we are going to be talking about motherhood. Happy Mother's Day! But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. If you are tuning in and you have a biological child, happy Mother's Day. If you adopted a child, thank you so much and happy Mother's Day. And if you are a woman who is helping another mother in any capacity whatsoever, Happy Mother's Day, because you are helping to bring up the next generation. And we are going to look today at three quotes from three godly Christian men. And we are just going to see what spin that can maybe help us to put on motherhood. And maybe we can look at it from a Christian perspective and um, change our thinking a little bit, especially since most of us have been spending an awful lot of time at home. And a lot of times we are just burnt out. You know, we have come to the end of ourselves by this point. So I want to come alongside you, encourage you, give you a high five, give you a hug, and tell you, you, mama, are doing a great job. So quote number one is from C.S. Lewis. He says this, The homemaker has the ultimate career. All other careers exist for one purpose only. That is to support the ultimate career. This is to address all those people that say, oh, you're just a mom, or oh, you stay at home, or anyone who, like me, (laughs) for the last eight weeks has realized just how hard it is to be a mom again. You know, there was a time that we sent our kids off to school and we had eight hours without them, and we were able to get things done, and then we came home and we had activities, and we weren't really kind of in each other's faces all the time. But for the last eight eight weeks or so, that has not been the case. And so um, maybe like me, you're finding motherhood is hard. It is hard. And so many days I love, love, love spending time with my kids. And so many days go well. But so many days and so many parts of days go really not well. Or somebody has a really tough week either in school or in the grumpy department or whatever it is. And those weeks are exhausting. And I needed this reminder from C.S. Lewis that, you know what? This is a good thing. Being a mom, putting in the time, putting in the effort, this is a noble cause. It is worth fighting for. It is worth putting in the effort and um, time and energy into our families, and we don't feel bad about it. That is our calling. If God has given us children, that's what we're called to do. 
So if you're tired, a little bit exhausted, if you've had a kind of wretched week or (laughs) wretched last 24 hours, catch your breath and keep going because it is a great thing you are doing. Quote number two is from Charles Spurgeon. He's a theologian preacher from England um, in the 1800s. I just love his work. And he has the morning and evening devotions um, that my husband and I have used for several years now um, at night. And we, we read both at night, although you're supposed to sort of do the morning devotion in the morning and the evening devotion in the evening. But um, I just love how Charles Spurgeon is able to apply the word of God in such a practical way. I remember when we first started reading his devotions, my husband and I were both kind of like, huh, this guy is a little hard hitting. You know, he's going to make us think here, but now I have grown to love him. So anyway, Charles Spurgeon had this to say, you are as much serving God in looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the household, making your household a church for God as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. Wow. You might be saying right now, um, okay, I'm not entirely sure that's what I'm doing. (laughs) How exactly do I lead this army and how am I supposed to be training up my household? Let me just give you one little hint. Over the last several weeks, as we've all been staying in the house together, I don't know about you, but I have come face to face with my children's weaknesses, with their tendencies, with their sinfulness, things that I hadn't noticed so much in the past because they were gone at school or because we were busy with activities or because we just weren't in each other's face all the time, have suddenly become very, very apparent to me. So let me just give you an example, or two, or three, or eight. Um, So if you have a lazy child who, you know, brings a snack into the living room and then just leaves their dishes there, you may be so busy going about your business day to day that you don't even think about it. You just see it and you pick it up and you deal with it. Whereas if you see it day after day after day, you're more in tune to it and you see it more. Or if you have a child who is extremely bossy and really has to have their way, you know, a lot of times you don't necessarily pick up on it. Even if another child complains, you might sort of say, well, you know, give her, give her the benefit of the doubt or maybe she has a good idea or whatever. Whereas if you were together nonstop for many, many weeks, um, you know, it kind of gets old at times. (laughs) And you start going, wait a second, um, maybe I should address this. Or if you have a child who doesn't necessarily tell the truth, but likes to tell uh, what they think you would like to hear, that is fun. You like to hear what you want to hear until you find out it's not true. And then you realize you really want to hear the truth. Because it is so much better to deal with the truth than to think things are much different than they are. Those are just a couple of examples. But my point is this. We have been given this unique and wonderful opportunity during this time of being, you know, sheltering in place or staying in place or 
or quarantining or whatever your family is doing. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to train up the army of God. And doing that might mean addressing the weaknesses in your family. And even, dare say, (laughs) addressing your own weaknesses. As everybody is seeing everybody else's weaknesses, there's a good chance someone in your family is confronting you about the things that uh, you are not so hot at, your own shortcomings. And it's a good time to address your weaknesses and your children's weaknesses, pray about those things, encourage one another to do better, to change, um, to be more godly. And uh, to really do it in a way that glorifies God. I mean, that's the end goal here, right? The end goal is that we want to raise up children who walk with God and glorify God and and lead others um, in the pursuit of God. And so to do that, we want to make sure that we're trying um, to keep our old old Adam, our sinful nature in check. We know we're not going to do it perfectly. But boy, it is so good when we see these weaknesses, these sinful tendencies, instead of brushing them under the rug, to just face them, confront them, acknowledge them, say, hey, okay, this is where we're at. I know this is your tendency. I know this is my tendency. I'm falling into this again. I'm sorry. Help me to do better. I'm going to try. I think that's been a really challenging, but also probably a pretty necessary thing that has come out of all of this for me. I recognize that I am in the last stages of parenting with my children. There's a good chance in the next two years I could have two kids at home or or maybe down to one child at home, depending on if um, my third goes away to college or stays at home. And, you know, I, I need to take advantage of every opportunity like this that I get because those opportunities are fading pretty quickly. So um, I think Charles Spurgeon has kind of spurred me on to take this seriously and use this time and really look at it that way. You are training up the army of God. What can you do during this time to train up the army of God? I don't care what age your children are. Yeah, mine are older. If you have younger children, this is a great time to start um, family devotions at night, to teach them how to pray. When your children are small and they're scared, I got my kids into the habit. If they would come into our room at night because it was thundering or something had woke them up and they they were scared, um, I would come out of my bed and I would walk them back to their bed and we would pray. And we pray for the Lord to put his angels around them and to help them face whatever it is. And I'm not saying that every single time that child stayed in bed by themselves. There were times that I sat there for a while. and But we got in the habit of when you are scared, you pray. Um, those are the things that we need to take advantage of during this time. Having candid talks that are geared towards whatever age your children or your grandchildren or the neighbor kids, whatever age they are, and take advantage of those. And um, don't miss the opportunity to train up the next generation of children and leaders. And then the third quote is from Abraham Lincoln. And he said this, I remember my mother's prayers, and they have followed me 
They have clung to me my entire life. I have prayed with my children since they were very young. And I can only hope that the habits they have established in my house cling to them, just like Abraham Lincoln. I, I can only pray that the prayers that I have prayed asking God to intervene and to guide them and lead them and walk with them um, are prayers that I am able to see answered. It's, um, it's a hard thing to pray as a mom because so many times you are praying what you don't see. And I've been praying for my children to marry godly spouses for years and years and years. And, um, you know, my oldest is going to be 20 in a month here. And so I, I haven't seen that, but I keep praying and I keep uh, waiting for it to come to, for, for, to fulfillment. Um, and, you know, that's what we do as Christians. We put our hope in God and we go to him with all these things and I cannot encourage you enough. Whatever it is that is on your heart concerning your children, do not stop praying for it. Don't. You may not see the answer in your lifetime. So when I was in college, I lived with my grandpa. And just imagine I was a young, pretty boisterous 19-year-old living with a man who um, was in his 70s. He had had a major stroke. And that stroke had left him unable to um, do a lot, actually. He was able to walk and he was able to, um, you know, talk and, and do some things, but words came hard um, for him. He couldn't always find the right words. He had been an artist and he wasn't able to really um, draw or or write a whole lot after that. So, um, imagine him, um, having this boisterous college girl full of energy <laughs> come into his house. And, um, what I will tell you about my grandpa is that he was a praying man. And I recently came face to face with that because, um, after he died, I inherited his collection of the People's Bible series which is um, from Northwestern Publishing House. And I recently was going through something and I came across a box with my grandpa's name on it. It was Milford Paxton and his address and it was from Northwestern Publishing House. And there was a packing slip in there and I saw the book that he had ordered and I, I just thought how when he ordered those books, he read some of them, he has the dates on them that he had them, but he could have never understood at that time how much his granddaughter would use those books because most of my writing, especially my Bible studies, um, I have gone to that to those books as references. I teach every week still the teen Bible study at church and um, I do it via Zoom these days, but I still am using the People's Bible series um, very, very often. And I realized when I saw that box, it kind of all came full circle to me. And I realized that as I was living in his house, going to college to be a creative writing major, I can't be positive, but I'm fairly certain, knowing my grandpa, he spent a good many evenings praying that God 
would help me to use my talents in God's kingdom to glorify God. And, you know, my grandpa didn't live to see that. My grandpa lived to see my graduation from college, and he died that year. And so um, he never lived to see that come to fruition. But he prayed those prayers, and I believe they're still being answered now. So don't hesitate, moms, and those of you who are active in, in anybody else's life. Don't hesitate to keep praying. Don't hesitate to pray boldly and to pray big prayers and to pray often for your own children and for other people's children and for the kingdom of God. If you had a terrible week or if you had a terrible two weeks or if this whole COVID stay-at-home thing has been pretty rough for you, you need to know that as a mom, and, and if you've been a mom for any amount of time, you already know this. As a mom, things can change pretty quickly. And that can happen in either direction. You can be having the worst week and all of a sudden you see something amazing that your child does and you realize they're not as bad as you thought they were. I remember walking through the airport um, our last no, it wasn't at the airport, actually. We were we were at a business way before this all started. And a secretary went to answer her phone, and she just brushed past her files on her desk, and they all went spewing all over the floor. And my son didn't even hesitate. He just went running right over there and helped her pick him up. And I thought, oh, okay. I mean, that that is a neat character trait that um, something's going going well in his heart. And, and so, you know, you can have those moments and two minutes later you can be having a, a fight or an argument. Or you can be having an argument and, you know, three days later you find out something great about your child. And so my point is this. Don't put too much on this particular moment or this particular week or this particular season because so much of parenting is working and um really building up things that, like I said, we don't see the finished product for a long time. And um, so we just keep working towards that and we keep praying towards that and we keep striving to bring our children up to know the word. And, um, you know, I think if you're like me, you need that encouragement. You need someone coming alongside you every once in a while telling you, you know, I know it's exhausting. I get it. I, I'm, I'm in this with you. But this is a worthy thing, this motherhood thing. This is the most important thing that we can be doing outside of telling others about Christ is making sure that our families know the Bible that the Word of God takes root in their hearts. And that's a prayer, of course. You know, you do your best to teach it and not hammer it in. But we pray that the Word of God takes root in the in our children's heart and that they come back to it. Even if they've strayed, even if they're wandering, even if they're going through a season right now where it is way too cool for them to acknowledge that they have any interest in, in God or in His Word, you know, never give up. Never give up encouraging building those children up, mentoring them, hanging on to them, loving them, praying for them. 
This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Please remember to share this message with your friends. And don't forget to pray for us at Time of Grace and to include us in those that you are willing to help with financial contributions.